Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. <laughs> a political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like- bad. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. Joaquin, welcome to our digital bonfire that has I've created after COVID. It exists purely in your mind on a computer. Uh, thank you for having me, buddy. This is awesome. Oh, well, yeah. So I am getting better at editing, and I figured out how to put the intro and uh, outro on the podcast. And I also play this bonfire. to. I, I hate podcasts that have that awkward silence in it. But, like, yeah. it pauses, and you're like, did, did my app just freeze? So I put this in and now I figured out how to put this in while we're recording. So it makes it much nicer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I like, I, I like that. I never really thought of the awkward silence and it's very on brand. It sounds like we we're, we're just hanging out by the fire. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, I listened to a couple and there's only one that I listened to. That's got the really awkward silence. And I listened to, a twice a week podcast where they review episodes of Alex Jones show and tear it to pieces. And the only time there's really awkward silence is when they are playing an Alex rant and the guy forgets what he's saying. And he like says what he was going to say after it. And it's like, wait, did that just freeze? Uh, no, that's, that's just him. I don't, I think he just, he just speaks doesn't actually think it through <laughs> so it, it's nice that he catches himself every now and then so that awkward silence it's actually needed if you're going to be listening to alex jones oh uh, that's the only way i can listen to him is through a <laughs> third party <laughs> provider that uh gives me the alex jones scoop <laughs> yeah he is something else uh I, i'm i'm i definitely don't really listen to him for for any of of for anything that he's talking about, but it's entertaining to hear him go through these things and, and how invested he is in his thoughts. Yes, it is very entertaining. So 
why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your podcast on the DFAT Entertainment Network before we just start our discussion? Yeah, so uh, so I am a, a father of three. Um, like you said, uh, you know, I have a, a, a podcast with uh, two of my good, good friends. It's called Insensitive Culture. And, uh, and all we really do is uh, we, we talk Hollywood news. Uh, you know, we talk about exciting things that are happening in the world. Um, and, and we just have fun and we have, we have some drinks and we don't take anything too seriously. We just kind of have loose conversations and um, it's a, it's a very fun time. I love, I, I say it all the time. I love the, uh, I, I love how people view us sometimes or, or the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the, um, I love, I, I just love how, you know, people perceive us. Some people are just like, what? Oh, you, oh yeah, you do talk about movies uh, because we have a lot of wild takes. We have a lot of funny conversations. We have a lot of what if scenarios. Um, to kind of break it up. So it's a good time. Um, and other than that, I, uh, I've written a children's book that I released during COVID. Um, that was uh, a, a special book that I wrote for my daughter. Um, it's called Little Bears, Two Caves. And, um, and it was all, I had the idea to, to write a children's book a while ago. And I was starting to write one about my children and using their imagination. Um, and, uh, and then she asked me, daddy, why do I have two beds? Because she's from a previous relationship. And uh, so then I wrote a book to help her and other children understand a little bit more. That is uh, very cute and caring. Um, so you. I have a daughter. Uh, I had to give her melatonin tonight because she said, dad, I'm not sleepy. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. You can, you can take half a melatonin gummy. Uh, how old is yours? Uh, so my, my eldest daughter, she's seven. She's turning eight in uh, August. Uh, I have a four-year-old uh, Xander. He's turning five uh, next, next week. Uh, well, the ninth. And then, um, and then the, the baby of the house is Violet. So, and she's a year and a half. So it's Alani, the oldest. Xander is my uh, my second, my son, my only son, and then the baby girl who is Violet. Yeah, uh, my daughter Nessa Rose, she's five and just entering kindergarten uh, in yeah. a couple months. So same, same with Xander. He's uh, he's super excited. It's a fun time, isn't it? Blue by. I can't believe it's <laughs> five already. Yeah, man. I, I I keep thinking about my oldest daughter. I'm like, man, eight. Like she's turning eight, you know, like that's really close to 10, uh, you know, and then from there, it's just like, I remember when I was that age. So yeah, it flies by real fast, man. Well, it's, it's so fast. I mean, right now we just finished our, uh, my little pony phase. Um, and I talked about that a lot on this podcast <laughs> because I was shocked how good it actually was. <laughs> it was like actually enjoyable. And yeah. then uh, the person who created My Little Pony, the newest series, uh, she created a new show for Cartoon Network called DC Superhero Girls, which is oh, now my daughter's that. super into. And I'm like, this is also really good. Like, these are not bad shows because no, we watch yeah. some kids shows that are just, oh, no. 
no good. yeah that one uh, there there's a there's quite a few um the my little pony phase was really my, my eldest daughter she was very heavy into it uh like last year uh it it died down but it's still very much there she's just in love with unicorns and ponies so um but that's my opportunity man it's my opportunity to to dig into my my like my inner child uh, so I use them as an excuse to go watch all the movies. And I agree. Yeah. Like the, my little pony, like those are, there, there are certain shows and movies that you're, that you will. Okay. I'll put that on just to kind of put that face, but deep down inside, you're like, awesome. I really like that show. <laughs> There's a lot of that. You know, it was weird. Cause like I got super tired of reading the same exact, uh, kids books over and over and over again. And we had Kindle unlimited for a while. And they had comics on there. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they have any kid ones. And they were, they had the My Little Pony Kids comics. And I was legitimately shocked how good those were and how many jokes for the parents there are in there. Like there's a scene that sticks out in one issue where like, they're not even main characters. Something's happening on the background. And they're like, wait, so why did they get along? Because both their parents' name is Martha. And it was a Batman versus <laughs> Superman joke. And I just start cracking up. And my daughter's like, what's so funny about that? And I'm like, I, I don't even know how to explain this to you. Like the joke that they wrote into this comic book. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot. Um, and if we if you go back to cartoons that we grew up with, there's a lot of that too like like the whole uh rockers rocko's modern life and that how he was a uh um one of those like the 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 phone sex uh, people like he was a phone sex operator like that's something that totally flew by and animaniacs where you know oh that one that one was bad but that's still uh my favorite one that keeps resurfacing is the hey go can you look for fingerprints or something like that i forgot what he what he said but is like finger prince and prince is standing there she's like i don't think so uh, in, <laughs> I that, was like, in that same world um my favorite from that time frame was freakazoid yeah freakazoid wow i haven't seen that in a while yeah i, I had it on dvd it's probably still at my parents house over in gates actually <laughs> so freakazoid was great it was so many shows so many shows that we grew up with that are that are just like gems <laughs> and, oh, and so many shows that we grew up with that like they would never make as kid shows today like and stimpy would never uh, well i'm even thinking like certain episodes of hey arnold salute Mm -hmm. your shorts are you afraid of the dark like these were shows that like oh yeah go watch are you afraid of the dark (laughs) what (laughs) goosebumps was another one i used to love that that series that was a great series um Um, ask one still haunts me Oh, yeah the uh the are you afraid of the dark it's the the swimming pool episode mm. so yeah for me was the um i think it was like a doll or something and i i i, I just vaguely remember that it was a a part where like he grabbed the guy's foot like from under the bed and it's still still to this day anything that's under the bed you kind of like want to peek under there 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, knowing that uh, you've talked about this one uh, director a couple of times, you know that M. Night Shyamalan stole uh, signs from, or sorry, uh, Sixth Sense from an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, right? Really? He's even I like know that, no. said that it was an inspiration. There is a episode where at the very end, we find out the main character has been dead the entire time and a ghost. <sighs> Like, See, look at that. Now he, that you now that you mention it, uh, I vaguely remember that episode, but I, I would have never put two and two together. And that's you know a lot of people say that it's like, man, you can't come up with uh, you know with with new ideas, but we're inspired by so many things, so many things that came before us, and you'll never know because we can we all put a uh, a big twist on it, and that's probably why it was successful because he took the idea from someone else and everything else was just like <laughs> tank for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the multiverse theory. I, I don't want to get into conspiracy corner already because I have a different <laughs> conspiracy for you. Uh, but when I was younger, I had a belief in the multiverse theory that every single story that we read is actually true. It's just not in our universe. Oh, that's a good, that's a good like, theory everything like that for these people who can like actively write these types of stories uh you know they got that like connection to the multiverse and pull the story out and put it down on paper well yeah and uh i i love that that thought um because i i'm very big on uh the universe and like you know uh, we we our dreams are you know our dreams look into a different part of ourselves, uh, possibly into, you know, the, the multiverse and uh, because there, there's a reason why they feel so real, you know, because our brains go into uh, go into the universe and whatnot. So I'm a big subscriber to stuff like for stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, the whole uh, uh, the whole uh, uh positivity what you put out into the universe you get back and law of attraction so like i'm a sucker for things like that and it all kind of plays hand in hand with with theories like that so i, I honestly I'll I, I'll I eat that stuff up I, I it's a theory i kind of bought into and it, it always <laughs> filters towards the back yeah so i like it i like it speaking of drinking on your podcast i i decided to drink tonight and I got to talk about this for a second. So uh, this weekend, me and my wife went shopping and part of it was I'm redoing my bathroom. I've been working on that every night for three days now. It's mm. a pain in the butt. But she's like, we got to go to the liquor store. And I'm like, OK, what do you want? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> we get to the liquor store. She's like, I can't find it. I'm like, can you tell me what it is? I can probably help you find where it is in the store. And then she goes, I found it. This is a uh, log uh, 12 year Nick Offerman edition aged Ooh. in Guinness casks. Wow. It is delicious scotch. Okay. I'm going to have to grab some. Yeah. There's also a $90 my, uh... bottle of scotch, but <laughs> uh, my, uh, my uh, father-in-law, he, um, he actually is because it's, they're Scottish and, um, so yeah, he has quite a collection of scotch and it's something that I've recently recently started to, to you know, 
dipped my toe in into trying different scotch and I found that I like the smokier stuff and uh yeah it's 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 good stuff I like to sip on things that taste disgusting but but make me feel nice you know the <laughs> I like mine on the rocks because once you get a little water in it it really helps with the flavor I don't know how people who have it you know just straight can do that because it it burns sometimes but if you ever want an interesting opinion of scotch ask our mutual friend Rocco what he thinks of scotch he he has some interesting takes on scotch uh from a man who does not have (laughs) high taste in life sometimes uh now now i'm interested i I have to hear what rocco has to say about scotch Uh, i'm definitely gonna ask him on that the man definitely does not uh you know we were ripping him apart because on the star wars group um that uh he doesn't like reading regular books and Mm. he also does not like anime which i can forgive him for but uh I, i posted on it uh anime and reading books these are a few of Rocco's least favorite things like <laughs> unless it's in a visual yeah. format that man cannot do things so. yeah uh Rocco I, I I love the man um he he definitely has unique tastes and uh and and he never shies away from sharing his opinions so I, you, you gotta love it yeah I gotta say um Going into your podcast being called Insensitive Culture, I was expecting a lot more um, coarse language (laughs) and insensitivity, uh, you know, and this podcast does not shy away from, you know, swearing or anything, but it was nothing compared to Critical Mass. No, it's nothing compared to Critical Mass. No, uh, on that sense, we we joke about that a lot uh, because we were early on it was just Dave and I for two episodes and we we called ourselves the golden podcast uh, I want to say that Rocco was uh, on episode three I believe very early on and uh, and it was still called the golden podcast and uh, and my buddy Johnny um, reached out and was like hey I like what you're doing like do you mind if I join in with you guys uh, and we all, work for uh, you know work used to work for apple uh at one point um so so we all knew each other johnny and i the longest we met uh on 9 11 and um so uh so yeah so then then when we all got together we did i want to say like one more episode as the golden podcast and i'm like so do you guys like the name and like unanimously everyone's just like no <laughs> like because people have been reaching out calling us the golden shower podcast oh god <laughs> yeah it was it was it was a mess uh but it was a, it was supposed to be a play on the golden brief, briefcase but the, the name was taken so uh oddly enough insensitive culture came because i i put a bunch of words in a generator and that's the one that everyone was like oh we like that <laughs> um so and not only that, but uh, and and we joke all the time that it is uh, that we're not as you know insensitive for being insensitive culture. We're really not that insensitive, uh, and we used to drop a lot more f bombs back in the day. But 
we are uh, three guys. We generally agree with each other on on most things. I think that's probably our 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 biggest fault is that we we actually get along, and it's entertaining when people you know when two different people have different opinions. Uh, but we we are usually all on the same page. Uh, but no, we don't shy away from any kind of conversations, uh, any kind of thoughts. Um, we are we're insensitive in the fact where maybe something we'll say is not a popular opinion. So we'll, and we'll double down on it and we wouldn't shy away from saying certain things. Uh, but for the most part, man, we are, we are three pretty chill guys who, you know, look at the world and don't really get offended by too much. Yeah. When I was working on my bathroom earlier, tearing out a wall, I was actually listening to an episode where you kind of did disagree a little bit. Uh, yeah, you're talking about it. Joe Rogan. And uh, that straight uh, white males or just cis males in general will not be able to uh, say things in the future. And yeah, that, yeah that, we, there we was a little bit of disagreement one. and it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I try to because I know that um, I know I know how my buddies uh, think. So whenever, you know, whenever I'm setting up a show or something like that, we uh, I try to throw some conversations in there where I know we're going to disagree a little bit because generally we we all you know get along and and I like to to break it up like that and um Johnny is generally the uh the devil's advocate of the group um so so uh when I when I see things like that where I would agree and I want to say uh we're dropping a new episode um I'm not sure when this is going to air definitely it will, will be out but um uh, on this week's episode, we talk about, uh, I, I had the hot take of, is Michael Keaton, like Michael Keaton's on the top of all of our lists as the best Batman, right? And even even with mine. And then I had the thought, like, is Michael Ke- was Michael Keaton actually a good Batman or was he the one who just kind of set the bar for us and we just give it to him automatically? So So I asked that question. And, uh, and yeah, so, and that's another one where it's like, people are going to be like, no, why would you say something like that? You know what? I might say that Keaton was the best Bruce Wayne, but I think Christian Bale might be the best Batman. See, look at that. So I, I I have a, a, you know, I, I love the Nolan series and what they did with it. And that's probably why um, it, it, you know, why I had that question. Um, definitely we agreed that uh, Jack Nicholson is not the best Joker. Uh, no. I'll, I give that to uh, Heath Ledger any day. I don't care. I don't care who. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about it all DC, it's Mark Hamill. But if yeah, we're yeah. talking about just movies, it's Heath Ledger. See, and that's that's the argument because it's like I, I love I can hear Mark Hamill's voice and he he uh, embodies that uh, so well. But for me, I think it was like Heath Ledger's take on it was completely different, and and I love what he did, and I love his inspiration for that character, um, and. And I don't know, it's, it's just so much more that he brought to the table. And, I, and and it makes me sad because I know that the other ones were the it was it was I, I believe if, if my memory serves me correctly, it was supposed to be 
uh, a five part series where the first, where the next two were supposed to deal with the Joker and the trial and all of that. And it was supposed to create this world and him passing um, really just made it end up with, you know, with what we had. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man, it's like, uh, I just, I just see everything that he did to that character. So it's a hot take. I understand that. Uh, and uh, it's, it, people are going to disagree for sure. No, you know what? I'm thinking I would have loved to see Nolan um, and Heath work on in the next movie a corruption of Dr. Harleen Quinzel that brought in Harley Quinn like that whole psychological thriller to it that would have been great oh that would have been that would have been amazing um also another fun fact when the studios were thinking of doing Batman uh Batman Begins they were playing with the idea of playing uh, of making either Batman Begins or Batman Beyond. Uh, they were trying to toss toss that dice to see which one they would want to do. Can you imagine a Nolan Batman Beyond? Like that oh, would have been great, great, you, great, great. You know, DC really does not have its movies on straight at all. Um, I, I mean, I loved the Snyder Cut. We did a whole live show mm-hmm. about it. Um, but two i think they should have tried to take on some of their lesser known characters first kind of like how marvel did and i think a static shock and batman beyond movie would have been absolutely amazing yeah and you know uh if if anyone listens to our show that's been my my thing right now is i you know if they don't do batman beyond with bringing michael keaton back for flashpoint it is going to be the biggest waste of bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman. Um, so, so that's been my my prediction this whole time is like, oh, he signed on. We're getting Batman Beyond. We're getting Batman Beyond. Uh, so, so I'm excited that they're at least now starting to venture into that. But it, it also, um, given their track record it, it, it kind of scares me that it's, you know, that they're not going to do it right. You know, it's interesting. Everyone talks about, you know, them staying loyal to the Flashpoint comics, but they could really easily bring Batman Beyond in through some rewrites from the TV series. Cause I can't remember if it was the Batman Beyond series, the static shock series or the justice league series, but there was a story arc where static, uh, time travels and ends up in Gotham um, in Batman Beyond's time. So yeah, and we know that the Static Shock is being made. So they could do it. Yeah, they could definitely do it. Um, and as far as Flashpoint, because because I did I wasn't really familiar with the story arc, but they've already they've are they're already getting away from uh, from the true story of Flashpoint. So. It's it's definitely going to be a, a, a multiverse thing. And, and it's, again, I'm hoping that they do it well, uh, but we don't know. We don't, we don't know. They're, they are trying to be Marvel so bad, that so badly. They're trying to recreate it. And what they need to do is just focus on making some good movies. That's it. I mean, they, they did pretty well. They, they brought in Joss Whedon to remake Age of Ultron. 
as the Justice League. So they, right. they tried Marvel very well. Um, <laughs> they did. They did. But, you know, they, they're, they're trying to find that formula. And for my for my thoughts on on DC is, um, you know, they need to they need to stick it out. You know, um, in, in that sense, if if Joss Whedon would have came in and respected, um, you know, uh, uh, Zack Snyder's vision, maybe we would have gotten something good. But or if they just probably not. Right. No, and then, I don't um, think so. I don't think so either. But or if they would have just waited it out, it probably would have, you know, he was going through a bad time, you know, with his his family. They would have just put put production on halt and kind of waited it out, maybe. So as part of our live show for the Snyder Cut, my live episode that I hosted was about all the drama behind the scenes. And I don't think DC likes Snyder very much at that point or that Warner Brothers. Sense. So I don't think that would happen. No. But, uh, you know, I think I know what your opinion is on this, but you're just going to tell me that the CW universe isn't where uh, oh. DC's future stands? Oh, no, <laughs> they need to burn that. <laughs> you know, oh, they need to burn that. I enjoyed Arrow for a while. I enjoyed Flash for a while. Um, I fell off both the shows. I didn't really like Legends of Tomorrow. Um my wife liked Riverdale and I thought it was enjoyable enough that I watched, you know, four seasons of Riverdale. And then I think the only other CW show that I hooked onto was those first five years of supernatural before they went off the rails. Um, but yeah. they definitely have a formula now and yep. they stick to it to they the do. point that, uh, they're reviving the Powerpuff Girls as a live action I, TV series with them at Grown that. Up. And it was so bad they had to redo the pilot or something. Uh, see, I didn't even hear about that. Uh, I, I was um, on our page. Uh, somebody, someone uh, told me they laughed hard at it because I saw that they were doing this and I put it in our story. I'm like, you know, Powerpuff Girls. And I'm like, I cannot wait to never watch this uh, because it just looks, it just sounds like a stupid, you you just saying out loud, hear me out, right? In the studio, you can just imagine the guy saying, hear me out, live action Powerpuff Girls. Like why he wasn't laughed out of that, that studio, I have no idea. Cause it just sounds stupid. And I would have said, great idea as a kid's movie. <laughs> Wait, you want this as a CW show and they're teenagers? <laughs> uh, no, 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 not at all. No. CW, you lost me at CW. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, of what they do and, how, and, you know, their formula. I did the same thing. Supernatural saw it for I probably uh, stuck it out way longer than I had to. Um, but uh but yeah, I had a. I just can't do it. Their their formula is horrible, and when it comes to the superhero stuff, it's just extremely campy. Same thing. I didn't really get a. Uh, it's not CW, but I I didn't enjoy Gotham, and everyone keeps telling me that uh, that I need to skip ahead. You know, couldn't like a, make a it through season. one episode. No, I, I don't I like dumped that thing. I don't like the new new villain every episode aspect of anything it's like give me a continuous story uh like now we're watching loki i just saw the latest episode 
phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. amazing. Amazing, amazing show. And and those are the things that I like, right? It's a story arc. Um, I don't like that, that the campiness of, uh, you know, like sitcom, sitcom dramas, you know, where every episode is something new um, and, and a new villain and, and, you know, and it's just like, come on, man. Like, I don't like, give me something tangible. Give me something that I'm just following along. I know that that probably like the overall story arc was probably, um, you know, something that you can follow along with, but it just feels so campy and they, and they love it. So, you know, I don't mind the monster of the week. What what I think the issue is, is our, we've been redeveloped over the past few years from this 26 episode hour long season to actually good storytelling mm-hmm. in eight to 13 episodes. Yeah. And most of those monster of the week shows are telling one story throughout the entire season, but they have a whole ton of filler in them to get yeah. us to that. Um, right. You know, I was complaining in our star Wars group about bad batch Um there were like two or three episodes of Bad Batch that I don't know if you watch Dragon Ball Z at all, but I'm like, all right, stop giving us Goku running on Snake Road and move the story <laughs> forward. Like, and they're like, no, yeah. no, it's world building. I'm like, it's bad world building if that's what it is. And now, like, those two episodes sucked, but the past two episodes of Bad Batch have been amazing. And yeah. I'm like, you can tell a good story without so much filler nowadays. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I am enjoying Bad Batch and I'm notorious for not liking um, animated series uh, like that. And the guys give me shit all the time because um, I, I don't watch Rick and Morty. I've tried like watching certain cartoons and I couldn't I just wasn't able to get into it. But I'm coming around and Bad Batch is one that I've been I've been watching every single week. Uh, but I, I agree. I agree. There there are some there were some episodes there where it was just a little filler, but last two were were amazing. And I think we're we're gonna round out um, at a point where it's it, we can't wait for the next season. And uh, but a lot of people are agreeing with that too. World building, world building, and I don't know. I'm hoping In- that it gets much better. I enjoy good world building. I, I've read many of the Star Wars books for the world building, but <laughs> you know, I I also enjoy Rick and Mor- Morty, but I feel like it hit at the wrong time for me because yeah. there was a point twelve years ago, maybe not that long ago, when I was in college, and me and my friends would get high as could be. And turn on Adult Swim and just watch Metalocalypse and whatever was on there. <laughs> and I don't know if I think if Rick Morty hit at the right time for that, it would have been the show. But I'm like, yeah. it's it's enjoyable. It's got some deep concepts in it. So, yeah, that's one of those where um, I didn't catch on onto it like right away. So now it's just more like everyone is telling me you need to watch it. You need to watch it, and then. Uh, uh, you know, for me, like if, uh, if I'm going to get into uh, any kind of animation, um, I like the movie stuff, right? Like I'm a big Pixar guy. Like I love those type of animations. Um, when it comes to TV shows, the, the weekly stuff, I used to love Family Guy, uh, you know, and 
and uh, uh, Robot Chicken and, um, you know, a lot of those mainstream ones. Um, so, so, and somewhere, somewhere along the line, I don't know, it's just like, I can't, I, I just don't pay attention enough or something, uh, but it just drops off and the guys give me crap about it every single week. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm coming around, I'm coming around. And Rocco had me, uh, he, he was actually the one who, before Bad Batch came on, um, he had me watch specific episodes to catch up on it of uh, uh, of the Clone Wars. And then he's like, yeah, man, you should probably give Rebels a try. Ooh, no, Rebels is where it's at. That That is <laughs> the peak storytelling of Star Wars cartoons, I think. Yeah, so so I'm definitely uh, I'm gonna give that a try. The guys got me onto Harley, uh, the uh, Harley Quinns. Is that the um, HBO Max one? Yeah, yeah, that one I'm enjoying. I, I haven't checked it out one. yet, but I, that's one I mean to check out. It's uh, it's it's definitely an adult cart. So it's it's like, it's it's like Rick and Morty in the Batman world, and all of the different. Uh, the the amazing uh, voice cast um, with you know Kaylee Cuoco as uh, as uh, Harley herself and uh, there's there's so many people that are involved and it's actually really funny um, you know and and very adultish they they're dropping f bombs they're having all of these crazy crazy scenarios uh, we we all know now the the the, the scandal of uh, you know the the dc telling them that they can't allow batman to go down on catwoman uh yes uh, it's it's that type of show uh where that would have gone down for sure you know that's one thing that i'm kind of disappointed about with marvel um is that because everything's existing within feige's universe and supposed to be more family oriented they won't tell any of the darker stories of Marvel. Like I know they're going to come out with Disney star or whatever it's going to call. That's going to be the more adult content, but like, how do you continue Deadpool and stuff without being like, no, this is its own Marvel universe. You know, it's more violent. It's not kid focused. Uh, I just feel like Disney's, you know, boxed, not that their content isn't amazing, but really box them into the corner of being the more family friendly. They don't want to take those more adult risks on those types of shows. Yeah. I think they're going to start venturing into that. They're, they're obligated to now with the, with the whole Deadpool thing, given how, how many people, um, you know, voice their opinions on how that should go. And now that they took over Fox and the X-Men are coming in the great reception that Logan uh, received as a rated R. They know that there's a market, but um, in all honesty, man, I I would have to say that this is where DC is dropping the ball because Marvel is in that world instead of, um, you know, instead of taking their route and trying to create these family-friendly uh, worlds uh, in the same essence, they need to dig into the darkness that is DC uh, because Marvel is more of that family stuff. They need to kind of separate themselves from that. And I, I, I think that that where, where Marvel lacks is where DC, DC should have 
picked up the ball and just ran with it. Yeah. Give us Dark Knight Metal. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I would love that. I mean, like, I'm super excited for Gore being in the next Thor movie. Uh, I've been, you know, since uh, like Thor 2 being like Gore for Thor. But I know they're not going to do that character justice in like the Marvel family friendly universe. Like, you know, I'm not even sure they'll I didn't watch Venom, but they'll do Carnage justice in the Venom 2 movie. Like no, I'm, I'm not a, I wasn't a huge fan of the Venom movie, and um, I, I'll give, I'll, I'll definitely give, uh, you know, there will be Carnage, which is this, I, I hate the long titles for these movies, but, um, uh, but I, yeah, I don't think that they're gonna give it, they're gonna do it justice, and um, and now that Sony is trying to somehow make all of its movies and these characters a part of the mcu spider-man universe like they're trying to make it all connect somehow yeah um they're just not going to it's not going to happen uh and that's another hot take that that the guys didn't agree with me on i'm like nope uh venom should have been much worse eddie brock should totally be you know a dick and (laughs) And I feel Tom Hardy is real, like, lighthearted and, you know, very timid. And, like, you know, he's not – to me, even, he did, it, it just didn't play off well to me. Even in the second trailer, like, he's like, no Venom. Like, when Venom's like, let me kill him. And I'm like, uh, that's not Venom to me. But, like – No, know, right. I grew up also in a time that was just after the comic authority kind of went away. And comic books started getting more brutal again. So I definitely had a few comic books that probably weren't oriented towards my age range. But I just remember um, the Carnage one where I had where, like, he's strapped to a a chair and just going down the aisle of the mental ward being like, he's coming. And then singing this, like, here comes the bride all dressed in white, wish it were red, then you'd all be dead. And he just like busts out as carnage and kills everyone. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. That's carnage. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And we're not going to see that, unfortunately. Uh, But if they, if, you know, I, I, I I want there to be a, a dark side to everything. And, you know, there's, there's a way to do it. I think there's, there's definitely a way where, um, not everything has to connect like perfectly as far as that goes. Like if it comes into one of the, if he comes into the main storyline, like obviously he can be a little toned down for that. Um, You know, he can still exist in this world while still giving us the adults who grew up with these story arcs and the darkness that we love in some of these characters. Uh, They can do that. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're 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 going for the money, which you know I can't be mad at them for that either. But uh, but they're definitely it's a it's it's a it's a cash grab when they're trying to get every family member into those theaters. But the Joker, that's the you know uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, right? They they focused on making a good movie, didn't really care too much about pleasing. Um, 
you know, every fan and I'm, and, and me, I, I do have to put out there. I, I'm not an avid comic book reader, like, like you guys are. So um, I'm familiar with it. I have read comics, but to me, it didn't matter that this character wasn't the, the Joker to a T that we've read in comics. To me, I enjoy films that take these iconic characters, add an element to it that we've never seen before, that works well in movies, uh, and and kind of make it their own. And I think that's the same reason why I I, I have such a problem with CW stuff. It's right. It's I love. I tend to love TV shows that do the same thing. Like, m- give me a movie. Give me a movie that's so long that that we have to watch it in seven eight episodes you know like these tv series that do some that feel that have that feeling to it and i'm in love with that when it doesn't have that feeling i'm not a fan marvel has mastered storytelling uh in tv shows as movies um but here here's my hot take and uh i will throw out that another one of our dfat friends uh bob of gutsy media wants to have a live show about this because uh, Casey partially <laughs> takes my side. I didn't watch Joker in theaters. I just happened to miss out on it. My daughter was right at that right age where it was hard to get to movie theaters and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Finally tried to watch it on HBO max and I was watching it. And at like the 20 minute mark, I'm like, I don't know. This ain't a good movie, but I'll give it time. Mm-hmm. And then at the 40 minute mark, I was like, no, this is not a good movie. And then I made it to that scene where he's dancing in the bathroom with the light flickering over him. And I'm like, this is a bad movie. (laughs) And I turned it off Wow! and went, I love the Joker character. I don't mind interpretations, but this movie was like a professional director tried to make a college arts movie and felt like that through the entire thing and i'm like nope this is a bad movie and yeah i have the hot take that the joker is not a good movie that is definitely a hot take i personally um i i was and you know very well could be that um i did catch it in theaters it was one of the movies that uh my fiance and i um got a babysitter and, and saw it and even her who she she enjoys movies and um she does she's not a huge fan of like comic book movies and um you know she's an lpn and she's just like she's breaking down in her mind like man like oh right now he he's taking elements of this type of uh of a psychotic behavior and it's just like it's 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 a it's a play on you can see the different levels of mental illness that he's going on. And I think that's what I was really focusing on. And then the, the levels of detail that you could, that you could pick from the director, uh, Todd Phillips, um, you, you notice early on, like certain things, like as he's taking the medication and he's not being himself, he's constantly in pain. You can see the pain in him. Uh, the, you know, the world looks gloomy. It looks like it's raining all the time. Everything seems darker and as as he starts giving into uh to being more of himself and he's not taking the medication and he's becoming 
uh, who he truly is, right? It's like this medication is keeping him from being who he truly is. So you see that pain, you feel that pain, you feel that darkness coming over. And then, and then all of a sudden, like when you get to that point where he's break, where he's broken free and he's smiling and he's dancing and he's, and he's coming, the world is actually brighter outside. Like it's, it's well lit. Everything looks, looks so happy. You see him, he's upright, he's dancing on, you know, on, uh, on the stairs because he's finally who he's, who he's meant to be. And like all of these little details that come with mental illness are all there. And I think he, I thought he did a, a fantastic job, um, you know, adding those little elements that gave the feeling uh, and that, that, that allowed me to see that feeling. And then on top of that, obviously Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor and all of the different elements that he brought into it. I, I definitely would, couldn't disagree with you more on that. See, I don't know if it was partially a level of discomfort for me because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I started this podcast, it went under a different name. It was called the mental fog cast. And I started it initially, uh, when I was diagnosed with anxiety and it was a way to get together with friends and try to, you know, be less anxious about things. Um, you know, as I got on the right medications and stuff, that's not been as much of an issue. And then in COVID, when I relaunched, I started the virtual campfire uh, concept. But maybe, I mean, I don't have anywhere close to the mental issues that the character of the Joker does. <laughs> but maybe it was a little bit of the level of uncomfortableness of that, too. Maybe. I, I mean, I would challenge you uh, to, to give it another try from a different just a, a different mindset of, of, okay, well, let me not focus on the fact that he's the Joker, right? Because a lot of people really, the, a lot of the people who, who didn't like that movie were, were really fixed on the idea that just because it's the name, the Joker, and, you know, it's this iconic character, a lot of people really grasped onto that. Uh, but coming into it, I thought mental illness, this is like, obviously, this is a story on its mental illness. And, and like, and, and it's really a, a, a great uh, representation of it. And so I went into this knowing like, okay, I'm going to experience someone going through mental breakdown, uh, everyday life, uh, living with extreme mental illness and, and watching that all like unfold is really to me, what made that movie so amazing uh and and watching it the second time around knowing what was going on and knowing how it was going to end and and like now i'm not as on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what's going to happen next uh really you can just see the small elements of uh superior acting that joaquin phoenix did with with uh, you know, uh, showing these different levels of mental illness, and and that's mainly, I think that's mainly what I paid attention to, um, and why I enjoyed it. Uh, I just kind of let go of this is a version of this character. It had the names, it has the, it had the names and the the the, the elements that I enjoyed from it, but I didn't get lost in that. Um, so I would challenge you to 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 watch it again more with a more uh, focus with more focus on the 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 different levels of mental illness that this man is going through and just noticing the ambiance as he goes from 
being someone who's suppressing it and fighting it and his body is just like aching for him to be himself to just letting go and being completely free and you know the sun is a little bit brighter my body's just a little bit looser like i'm just myself you know and and you know that was him giving into the madness um which a lot of people probably feel that way. We just can't give into that madness because we might end up like, like <laughs> how he was in the end of that movie, uh, which is completely off the rails, you know? You, you know what? I'll have to give it uh, another try. I just, you know, it was one of those movies when I watched it, I was like, did so many people think it was good because it was during the craze? And is it that the fact that I'm watching it two years later that or what a year later or whatever that I'm not on the craze, but I'll have to give it another shot. Dude. I, I was, uh, when, when I heard, you know, they're making a Joker movie and, and, you know, they're doing it with Joaquin Phoenix and it's not, you know, connected to anything. We already had a new Joker. Uh, I think at the time was, uh, you know, Jared Leto's, uh, oh, God. yeah, that, that whole thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, I, I enjoyed uh, much more in the Snyder in the Snyder cut. Oh yeah, he was interesting in the Snyder. I, cut. Yeah, I, I I would definitely want to uh, to look at that. Um, you know, a little bit deeper. The nightmare, uh, that that whole nightmare uh, scene. I would love an entire movie of that. But uh, but uh, no, yeah, and and so I had my reservations when it came to it. And again, I am a sucker for just great movies like just put me into a world like let me i i started watching movies as a kid my father put me on to to movies and and storytelling very very early on and my father uh he had me you know they had me when when he was 16 so he was very young so his recommendations for me at a very young age were scarface and uh, goodfellas (laughs) and godfather those are the movies i absolutely had to watch um and then and then you know later uh later in life it was my escape from the world so i am much more of a movie buff than anything else like i like i enjoy world building and like if if a movie takes me in if it like sucks me in and makes me forget about what's going on in my world and like completely absorbs me into what's going on into the story uh, that's what I look for. And those are the movies that, that really speak to me. Uh, and if it's, you know, uh, and, and Joker was one of, was honestly one of those movies and, and maybe, yeah, maybe it was because, you know, I saw it in the theater and, um, but, um, but I was so taken away by the level of detail that Joaquin Phoenix put into the character. And, and again, like I said, Todd Phillips, you know, from, from, you know, it being dark and gloomy early on as he's, you know, fighting that and, you know, and then it being lighter, like those, those are the little elements that I really, really enjoyed uh, mixed in with, with the chaos and, and, you know, and everything that ensued. But, uh, but yeah, that's, and that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's, that's why I enjoyed it because it gave me that feeling, but I can also see, you know, if you're if you're looking at it in a different light and, you know, you're expecting maybe I don't know if you were expecting anything um, specific from that. Uh, but if you were expecting something like how so many people gone went in just because it's named the Joker, expecting exactly what you get from the comics or anything like that, 
yeah, absolutely. You're going to be disappointed because it's not that whatsoever. You know, uh, just to point on one thing that you said, you know, I, I found it interesting, you know, the pop culture that our parents bring us into, uh, you know, I was in my teens in the two early two thousands. I was only 11 when, uh, uh, nine 11 happened. Um, but being brought up in that time and parents introducing us to pop culture, I have a strong appreciation for like the eighties and, uh, 70s like i love the eagles uh pink floyd but then like my movies like the original ghostbusters transylvania 6 5000 uh death race and the warriors and like yeah. though that post-apocalyptic story building is something i absolutely love i do and, too yeah my father had me watch warriors that was another one that oh, i absolutely had to such watch. a good movie <laughs> yes. and on that note, I have one more post-apocalyptic movie I kind of want to talk to you about before we move into section two of the podcast, but I have to do a shameless plug. Um, Go for it. it was, it's in the future from when we're recording, but in the past from when this will be out, uh, I host another podcast called the Bull and Moose Tavern podcast, and it's a political podcast. I am the left-leaning democrat and my co-host aaron is the right-leaning republican and for the fourth of july we did a live show on july 2nd called a libertarian and a socialist walk into a bar and we are going to talk about and debate some things including wages and health care so if you want something where we are definitely not agreeing in go and check out the bull and moose tavern podcast so yeah please please it, do that <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting live show so uh, we, we review a beer at the beginning of every episode and then we usually talk about a non-current event political topic um and this will be the first debate episode we are doing that's um, awesome so all right so one more movie before we move on to conspiracy corner okay. um did you watch Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead on Netflix? I sure did, yeah. I haven't gotten to talk to a lot of people about this movie. I loved this. I've watched it twice. It yeah. was so much fun. And everyone I talked to was like, it wasn't a really good movie. And I'm like, who expected a movie starring Dave Batista? as a soldier going into Las Vegas to rob a uh, casino during a zombie <laughs> outbreak to be good. Like that is not a descriptive word I would use for that movie. It was balls to the wall fun, but no, it was not a good movie. What no, were your it thoughts fun. on it? I, I agree. I agree. It was fun. It was uh, definitely a fun, fun movie. Uh, same thing. Like it's a it's a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. Um, so, you know, my 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 it, it didn't disappoint. Uh, it delivered exactly what I needed it to. It probably gave me a little bit more. I'm I'm excited to, to see that they are actually making this into uh, the, like the world is continuing and they're making a series based off of it and uh, and a few other things. But uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I like the fact that they uh, did 
they took it a, a, another route too. Like there, there's levels, there's different levels of zombies and, and, um, 